When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn, the first show of the brand new year, and we're glad that you're here. We'll get into all the big topics of the day. Uh, everybody's uh, hearts and prayers going out to DeMar Hamlin at this time, so we'll get into that discussion. Also talk about uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the reflection uh, of the moment that we all witnessed last night. We'll get into that. We'll also talk about uh, the celebration of a life as well, Coach Gus passing on. Uh, we'll talk about uh, his uh, great legacy that he left. We'll also speak to a legendary lifetime Longhorn Brooks Kieschnick during the Hard Knock Life uh, to talk about somebody who knew the man Gus uh, up close and personal. We'll get to that. Of course, we'll talk about the bowl review TCU in the national title game. We'll get to that uh, versus the Georgia Bulldogs. We'll talk about all the bowl games that we witnessed over the weekend. And we'll also got Texas basketball previews coming up in the 6 o'clock. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream. And the cheese, pimping ain't easy, but for him it's a breeze. Mike Hardball Hard. What's going on, brother? Happy New Year, everybody. Happy uh, New Year. Glad to be in the, in the spot. Again, there was a lot that happened over the weekend. Some of it was good, some of it was bad, and we're still trying to pray for uh, Mr. Hamlin and his family as they're going through this tough time, no and question. of course, praying for Coach Gus and Coach Gus's family as well. As somebody that was recruited to the Forty Acres by Coach Gus, hmm. uh, it hits home. And people always ask me, you know, what's your one regret about not coming to the University of Texas? That is it. I didn't get a chance to play underneath that man mm. as so many of my friends. And obviously I'm still very close to this program throughout these years, but we'll get into that because people are always asking me about it. They hit me up asking me about my recruiting stories as well. And, you know, they're pretty much like everybody else as you knew exactly where you stood with that man even before and after mm-hmm. you came on the 40 no acres. Doubt. But let me talk about this man that had did, that did come to the 40 acres. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card carrying member of DBU. Legendary Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study. But he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, 
Rod Baker. I appreciate the intro as always, especially the 2023, the first of the 2023 there it is. year. There it, is. it takes a while, too, for the 2023 to sink yeah, you in. Gotta keep keep it. Yeah, you got to keep practicing. I don't get it to like March, uh, right. but let me not waste any time <laughs> introducing the real MVP of the show. Uh, he's our billionaire on the show, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we do know that he is underpaid. He is Patrick Davis. How you doing, brother? Doing good. And by the way, I will tell you, if you want to get better at learning the new year uh working a job where you are putting in spots and traffic and all sorts of stuff for 2023 that helps and uh so i've been on having to remember to write 2022 for the last two weeks because i've been living in 2023 (laughs) with all the work stuff there you go so i'm already i'm already there i'm I'm good now i'm glad so you're gonna keep us in line too because i'm definitely gonna forget about it a few times i guarantee you that uh all right uh so let's get to the big stories matter of fact let me uh let me introduce the uh the the real mvps as well the other listeners you can be a part of the show on the specs text line 512-337-3776 that's the number to the specs text line please hit us up the show is always better with your participation you also can hit us up via twitter i'm at rod babers in the twitter verse my man harge at hardball harge and my man patrick davis at it's patrick davis in the twitterverse all right we'll read some of those texts in the second here and get to them because uh, i know you want to get out uh, at least express your reaction yep. to what happened yep. last night uh but for those who did not watch it demar hamlin um after making a tackle that did not seem especially you know it did not seem like it was a very violent hit at all uh but it was seemed pretty routine he made a tackle um got up and after that he ended up collapsing and um, at one point, they had to perform CPR to resuscitate uh, Demar Hamlin. It was, re- and I'll, I'll tell you my personal experience. I I don't I don't watch a lot of games live. I'll go I'll watch them after like a quarter or a quarter and a half. I want a buffer, you know what I mean, to yeah, be able to yeah. work my way through the commercials. I don't want to watch the commercials, so I usually wait. And I and on the weekends. Also, you guys know, I kind of unplug. I put yep. my phone away. Yep. I really don't. I put my phone away. I kinda no, t- he really does, folks. I turn off my text <laughs> notification. No, I think it's important for no, me. No. Just kind of my side. Decompress. Yeah, yeah, decompress. I put it away. I usually don't look at it at all. And my wife usually has her phone. She's watching the game. Um, not the game. We're watching something else, getting ready to watch the game. So I'm getting, mm-hmm. kind of building up my buffer. And she has her phone, and her timeline on social media is nothing like mine. It's right. Bravo and E Entertainment. <laughs> She'll never even see a score of a football game on her timeline. Like, so I'm not even worried about it. So she doesn't spoil that. But then I get a call. Uh, she gets a call from her mom, and her mom is like bawling. Like, right. and we thought something was wrong. Right, right, right. Family member. Yeah, Some, we're like, yeah, what yeah, is? Yeah. What are you okay with? Yeah. We're like, oh no, oh something's going on. All right, uh, we're like, oh man, we got to go into crisis mode. She's like, are you watching the game? I'm like, no, no, no. We're gonna we're getting ready to watch it. What's going on? She's like, he's still on the field and he hasn't gotten up and he hasn't. They they don't know what's going on. The players are crying and the players won't even look in the direction right. of the player that's down. So that was kind of my, and I was like, whoop, and then I kind of, then I went, yeah. went right to it. So that was kind of my experience with it, and then I, of course, watch it and experience it with the rest of the world. Um, but that's how jarring it was. Yep. Like she, it was, she called her in tears, and then hell, it's basically all of us are damn near fighting back tears too. Right. Of course, because it was really, really tough to watch uh, as he collapsed, and now we know that it was he went into cardiac arrest. And uh, after tackling T. Higgins after like a 13-yard reception, he mm-hmm. went to cardiac arrest. Uh, his heartbeat was restored via CPR. Uh, shout out to all the first responders. For sure, we don't we don't give enough love to him. That's for yep. damn sure. I know. Uh, even in situations like that, he was transferred to UC Medical Center. Uh, he has been sedated. He is in critical condition. And the game was suspended. The NFL did make a statement about the game. Um, essentially, they they are not going to play the game this week. That's all they know. Right. That you ain't got. They they're not planning anything for this week. No. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, your the, I mean your experience and how it went down. I give everybody the floor pretty much because I think it's cathartic. It yeah. Was, it was pretty traumatic uh, thing to go through. I think for sports fans, and I don't even want to think about the team and how traumatic it was for those who were close to him, and obviously thoughts and prayers with his family. No doubt, no and doubt, and friends. everybody that was involved. I mean, you yeah. start thinking about it, and you know, you talked about T. Higgins, and now T. Higgins is living with that right now too. So yeah. you got to check on him, and obviously, 
uh, DeMar Hamlin is somebody that is in everybody's prayers. You looked at everybody's social media. All the NFL teams got number three up as their avatar right now across the NFL. Yeah. So everybody's kind of backing the Buffalo Bills and what Cincinnati, the Bengals as well. But when you were watching the game, it looked like a normal play. Wasn't a violent play, just seen. something that you seem to, oh. to see. I'd seen that play uh, probably 50, 60 times exactly. in some way, form, or fashion in football over the weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah just tackled, this weekend. Probably more than that, 100 times. Right. So something right. like that. Just routine tackle. Right. And, and he got up. And the fact he got up. As if it was, was a routine tackle. Yeah, so you're sitting there and there wasn't no head-to-head con- contact or no targeting. It was, like I said, it was something that you look at and you're like, oh, this is a normal routine tackle. Then all of a sudden his body goes to where it goes, and then you're like, well, that's not normal. And then they go to commercial break, and they come back, and you still see everybody on the field, and they're, then they're not even showing the, the, the situation. No. So then you're like, wait a minute, what is going on? And like you, it's like, what is happening? I've never seen this happen no. at this level before. And you continue to look at it, and you continue to look at it, and then they go to another commercial. Then they go... To New the York. Studio. Yeah, yeah. They, the studio is really what that, that to me. I, yeah, I, I, that's when I, it got real, real. I, I turned to my wife and I said, it's, I, I've never witnessed them going back to studio. Right. While players down on the field. Right. Ever. Well, Ever. Not, not since I've been watching right. football. I'm, right. I'm a 40 plus year old man. I'm a 50. Yeah. Almost 51 years old. I've never seen that. And yeah. I've been, you know, Rod, you played at the highest level. You know what it's like. That shook me. Been, I mean, you sit there, and I've been playing football since I was eight years old. And I'm like, I've never been around that. I've never mm-hmm. seen it. And then you see grown men on the field losing it. Like, yeah. very distraught. And so then you know it's very serious and how long it took you to get to that point of them taking him off the field. Mm is the part that really, really got to me because we've seen it. We've seen people come out. We've seen the cart come out. We've seen every – you know, there's been different things and even the head-to-head trauma, you, you've you seen people get up and, and be able to just go off. This was totally different, and the fear in everyone's face is something that I will never be able to get mm-hmm. over. Um, I kept the TV on all night last night because even when I would wake up, I wanted to hear more about it. Yeah. I wanted to watch more about it. And it was just, you start looking at it. And again, this is one of those situations that as a parent, um, mm. it really humbles you. Mm. I was telling you guys about this during the, during the season. I was like, I don't know if my son really wants to play football, but you know, I played him from Texas. We he had got just family. dealt with an injury. Yeah, he had just, he had just dealt just with had an, injury. an injury. Yeah, he had just had an injury. And he was like, I really year. don't want to do it. I really mm-hmm. don't. And I'm like, when you know as well as I do, if you're not in it in no. football, you can't be no, out there. Don't be out. If you got fear in your heart, don't. You, you it's okay. It, yeah. It's all right. But it's because it is a dangerous, you, violent game. Yeah. Go play something else. It's fine. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. And last night was one of those things where I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. My son doesn't want to play. I'm not going to be out there pushing, pushing, pushing. Dude, you need to play it. We're in the state of Texas. This is what it's all about. Mm. And then you see something like that. In a play that, like we talked about, we've seen it over and over I've seen and that over in the high school football games and seen, right. that, and seen that play. Right. See, I mean, it's just, it was, I'm with you. It, I, I thought, yeah, to me, the fact that it, it was routine is almost psychologically even for the for the public to process it. Uh, you know, in a way, you're thinking about the best athletes on the planet, some of the greatest athletes on the planet. They're in the, they're in the Condition best that health athlete. they're yes, ever going to be yes. in. They're much healthier than all of us. You're talking about top, you know, 1% of the population. Um, and they're in their prime, too. And if, you know, it kind of shows you the fragility yep. and the frailty of just human life. Of human life. And, and it doesn't matter. You know, in what situation, but it just shows you how frail it is. But obviously playing a very violent game, we know that. And a 24-year-old man as yeah. well. And I think <laughs> you know that's it, the fact that it wasn't violent is, to me, for the public, almost tough of the process. Exactly. It's because it that's showing you. It's like, no, 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 that's, this is about human frailty and fragility as we all should cherish it not necessarily in a yes the game is violent that is part of it too but like you said it wasn't if it was a violent hit we go violent hit man we gotta take that out of the game right you know and we had we had that discussion right and then we point the finger at the nfl for not making the game safe enough but it wasn't that in a way you were watching it was just like i said it was routine and that psychologically it's like whoa that was just 
Man, that could happen to any kid on any play, any well, I day. I mean, that could happen any, in, in yeah. a lot of sports. That right? could happen yeah. in real life. Right. Exactly. Like, that could run, that could be, hey, man, you bump into somebody in the hallway. Right. Yeah. That's about how That's violent that collision was. you go on vacation was. and trying to go sw- st- play some water sport. Yep. Yeah. And yep. boom. The ball hits you, yeah. Right? Something yep. like that. That's how. It, that's what That's what I got from it, and that's yeah. why it was jarring, and then I'm sure for everybody else, really traumatic. Patrick, you're... Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, I'll say hats off to the, all of the ESPN people. I thought they did a really good job. I agree. Uh, and, and for the teams to handle that as classy as they did, because it doesn't seem, I know what the NFL said later, it doesn't seem like they handled it particularly well, but the, the coaches and players seem to handle it very well of, yeah. in that moment, making the right decisions and realizing it's that it's, it, none of it really mattered at the end of the day. And I know there's people that will complain about whatever, but you could see the overwhelming support at least on my timeline, was yep. people just being like, none of it matters. None of it, like, it, it's just hard to see that, but at least you get to see that it wasn't a lot of people flipping the other side of it at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 No, I, it was it's just, you know, you sit back like, and you think about it, man. It's just, like I said, Rod, you played at the highest level. You were right there. You could have been right there. And watching that play of something that you've done since you were a little kid. Since you started playing football, you've been doing that right there. And, and that's a great point. I and I, I said this to my wife. I said I, that play, unfortunately, for people who are on the field, the guys who are on the field playing at the time, it's going to fundamentally change their relationship with the game that they love. Yeah, how can it not? It, I mean, yes. And not, not only not those I mean, guys that were on the field, even those guys that were watching it, because it was it, right. it was the Monday night, yeah. and this was a game that everybody was waiting on. I, I I was talking about it all day. Yeah, I was talking about that game all day. All the other games that were being played, all the football, college football games, that was great. Yeah, I kept talking about Josh Allen going up against Joe Burrow, and how excited I was to watch this Monday night football game. Mm-hmm. And it started off like we were going to have a good one. It started oh, off, I mean, it was like we thought. Yep. And then all of a sudden, boom, and just like that, a simple play that is normally a routine has now, like you said, the view of the game has changed drastically. It, it, it's a, a beautiful and barbaric game all at the same time. I, 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 I would say that for the NFL, and obviously, you know, the, 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 the priority here is DeMar Hamlin and his yep. – in his condition right now. That's what everybody's concerned about. But it was something I've never witnessed before. And there was a, a ton of it. Uh, something else I've never witnessed. The NFL suspending the game. Yep. For a player's injury. I mean, we have unfortunately, sadly enough, had players in the NFL who have, after injuries, passed away. Howard Glenn broke mm-hmm. his neck in the AFL game and died later that day. Um, Chuck Hughes died um, collapsing 1971 Lions Bears game. Mm-hmm. In both cases, the game resumed. Yeah, is it? Uh, are we at a new era? I of think we're definitely. I think we about are about yes, and being more sensitive to. Well, I mean, hey, that's so this is why I say I give it off to the players. I think the players and coaches made that call. From all reports, the NFL afterwards has said they made the call. Everyone involved in that game said the players and coaches came up to each other and said, "We are not playing tonight." Right. They can do whatever they want. We are not playing tonight. This is done. None of these – I'm not putting – because, again, you can't put a player back on that field and expect – and then go, what happens when he breaks his leg because he's not in the game? What happens when because something else happens? Because he's distracted. Because, because he's because thinking his, about He, he, he thinks his best friend may be gone. Yeah. Like, you can't do that to somebody. So, uh, it, it's a thing where uh, – for the players and coaches, it's a great part. And I know people brought up the wrestling thing. I'm a wrestling fan. The I'm day Owen Hart fan. died – uh, the, they kept yep. it going. It's been a stain on them forever. And I know that the NFL side is there was a time when Jerry Har- uh, Jerry Lawler had a heart attack ringside, had to get CPR and taken off. He was fine later, and so people don't talk about the fact that show went on. Yep. And so in the NFL's mind, well, if nothing's if it's not a problem, then why not keep going? You go, man, you can't think like that because I get we want to believe that the best will happen, that he'll have a full recovery and he'll get, he'll be fully back. But you can't you can't live your life in a way of Oh well, man, we'll just keep moving. Like it's not, it's just not worth it. No. At the end of the day, when you're saying for all those people involved, for all the fans that were there to try and play a game because of money, because all it is is for money at that point. There's absolutely no other reason to play that game except for money in that moment. 
it, it's just it's there's not a price to that anymore. And it, when you put a price on it, then the NFL can never come back and say that they do not have a price on the head of every single one of those players. Troy Vincent um, said, frankly, uh, in regards to the five-minute, uh, remember this is the conversation, whether the yeah. guys were given, hey, you got you got five minutes to warm up and resume the game. Um, Troy Vincent said, frankly, the competitive aspect never crossed my mind, never crossed our mind internally. Um, he also added that that was the case for Roger Goodell, too. He said it was really about DeMar and making sure, look, I've never seen anything like it since I've been playing. So immediately my player hat went on. How do you resume playing when such a traumatic event occurs in front of you in real time? And that's the way we were thinking about it, the commissioner and I, end quote. Yeah. So um, he's saying I'm going to believe I'm going to believe him. I, I, I'm, I'm going to choose to believe him, yeah. too, that they. Um, he said um, when he was asked where the five minute yeah the five minute thing from, I agree I don't said, that seems weird yeah he yeah. says quote you know the five yeah five minute thing like five minutes like five how minutes, you get get back five minutes get back to work five minutes <laughs> I mean think of, y'all taking a break get yeah, over I mean, here like, like oh, no nah, bro yeah, yeah yeah that that the five minute thing was kind of weird that's, resuming play that, I understand that because that's happened forever like I said right. there have been many uh, too many probably situations where. Something really, really traumatizing happened. NFL resumes play, but the five minute things where he said, "quote I'm not sure where they came from. Frankly, there was no time period for the players to get warmed up. Frankly, the only thing that we asked uh, was that Sean, you talking about Sean Smith, the referee, communicate with both head coaches to make sure they had the proper time inside the locker room to discuss what they felt like was best. So I'm not sure where that where they came from. Five minute warm up never crossed my mind personally, and I was the one that was communicating with the commissioner. We never, frankly." It never crossed our mind to talk about warming up to resume play. That's ridiculous. That's insensitive. And that's not a place that we should ever be in. Yeah. So it, I'm going to choose to believe the I, NFL. I could believe that was a miscommunication of give us five minutes and we will let you know what we're going to do next. And if you want to keep the yes. guys warm Good or whatever yeah, else, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. give us five minutes. And that got spun into five minutes to warm up. To warm up, as yeah. opposed to, hey man, let's we're trying to think too. Yeah, that, no, that'd be it, more believable. It, it was the, um, you know, because there, it was man, I forget the name of it. it's a great show about basically um, hurricane, um, basically Hurricane Rita and a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that happened yep, during yep. that time and all that stuff. But and it was like hospitals being flooded and things. And, you know, one of the things that on this documentary they talk about is we, we didn't have a plan for that. That was no plan for it because it had never happened. Right. People have plans for things that have happened, and then you come up with a crisis plan to handle all of those different, you know, logistical issues and the contingency plan behind that. When unprecedented things happen to that, they don't really have a plan. So the NFL, I can't believe they really didn't have a plan, like a crisis plan for this specific situation where it was a it it was possible they would not resume play. Right. Because that just has never happened right. in the modern television era of the NFL where they would not resume play for something so traumatic. And I think they just decided, you know what? Because they, remember, they had, them, they had it on for a while. I don't, yeah, think yeah. They, I don't remember when they decided to officially suspend the game. Well, they went back to the locker room and started walking around. And then they got the video of the two coaches in the hallway with the referees yeah. and the lady. Because I remember them going to Adam Schefter talking about who the lady that was in there controlling the conversation, mm-hmm. he said that she was part of the NFL front office. The Players time. Association, I believe, is the one that made the ultimate move. From what I hear, the Players Association are the ones that said, no, 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 no. First of all, this game is done. Yeah. yeah. People are already over. showering, dog. Yeah, We're not yeah, going to yeah, go yeah. out there The, and the play. game's over. Yeah. Now we need to think about like what y'all want to do going forward because yeah. they're not going back out there. Yeah. So I think the Players Association, from what I'm told, they they stepped up there. Well, that's and, the best thing that has happened in a long time time where the players association has actually did the players association right in saying we're not going out well there. and i agree with patrick and i think patrick made a good point the coaches representing the players yep. seem like they also stepped up and were like no no, no we're going like i'm room. looking yeah. at my this guys like, right my, here my, and they, they don't they, look like no, they're I, not I, engaged I, I, I talk to these men every day <laughs> exactly. i know them and exactly. i'm telling you i've seen looks on these men's faces that i have not seen right all right ever and, and football is the farthest thing from their mind right now and i don't want to and honestly it might be the first thing from my mind, too. I think too. it was, too, because if you looked at uh, McDermott's reaction, it was the farthest thing on his mind as well. And I think that's why he kept covering his mouth while he was talking to everybody, because he was probably saying, ain't no way in hell yeah. that we are about to go out here and resume this. Look at my look at my players. I'm sending them to the locker room right now. Yeah. And that was pretty much the end of that. And And, again, you start looking at the fact of, 
the time on the field and the fact that when we came back from that last commercial break before they took them off, you still had the ambulance on the field getting ready to pull off. That's the image that really stays with me the most is the fact that I've never seen an ambulance on the field to pull somebody off. Not only on the field, well, midfield. The, the tour, the, didn't the tour injury, they had to bring the ambulance out for the I don't the think they brought the ambulance. You could be right, but I didn't see that. And that's the other part. Mm. This, was a, this was the main game of the evening, so all eyes were on this game. Yeah, And I think that's another reason, too. It wasn't one that you had to pick up on NFL ticket or something like that. This was something that the nation was all tuned into because of the two teams that were playing each other, the, the ramifications that were involved, and the fact that it was a Monday night game. And so you're sitting there like, oh, here we go. Yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. We've seen Tua before. had to be taken away in ambulance on that very same field. Yes, on yeah. that field. I on knew that. that. Very same the, field. I think the, the big, the, well, I don't want to say big deal, but the difference between the two was the two of one is they rolled the ambulance out, put him on it, and take him off. Yeah. This was they then treated him, they rolled the ambulance out, and then treated him on the field for another t- five, yeah. ten minutes. Yeah. That was the part where you're like, oh, no, no, this is totally because they're not just putting him on there. Yeah. No, I, they need to do was, something so abrupt and immediate that they can't even move him onto an ambulance and get him off. Uh, but then, yeah, the good sign of it, if there was a good sign, was when they were able to wait for his mom to get in the ambulance and it wasn't needed to be brushed immediately, that he was stable enough for that yeah. was a positive sign. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's – and, I mean, all three of us have been able to work live broadcast in games, and you know how hectic it can be – just in, hey man, that foul call. What was that penalty, or what was that foul? And you're trying to ask five different people and get something, and go back to the booth, or go to whoever. And that's completely minor, and you know that can get hectic. Yeah. So I can't imagine what was going on in the broadcast of trying to get through that, trying to get information and not say anything wrong, and not say anything too much, because you don't know what you're. What well, there you, was nothing to say. Yeah. That was yeah. nothing really there's to no say. Yeah, I mean, that, there's it, no, there's no, there, there's nothing to add this. to it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's why, that's why they went to the studio. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, well, we got guys who are analyzing football here. They let's go back to the studio where at least they can, they've had time to gather themselves and somewhat process it. But no, that was that was nothing to really say or add to it. And you know, after they went to studio, and I saw a couple of the the clips about Ryan Clark. And I think he did a great job. I too. think he did an outstanding um, job. But think about that's somebody who personally remember yep. he. He had his spleen and what gallbladder removed. Yep. Um and you know, lost like forty pounds and said he had to fight for his life for a few yeah. you know, a few weeks. And, and I think he doesn't he have a sickle cell trait as well. And that's I, another reason right why about, he couldn't yeah. go into the high yeah. altitudes no. and, because of that. Yeah, so it's obviously different than a cardiac event, but um just talking about how obviously um you know that situation become come, becomes life threat life threatening in the snap of a finger like just yeah. that like that so um, I thought they did a good job I agree I thought the uh, the analysts and the commentators did a good job but most importantly the first responders I mean, yeah that's, exactly yeah. that's yeah. pretty amazing that first responders and they do it all the time we take it for granted but some people in crisis situations are wired differently than us and thank god for it it's that front that low they, man that's yeah, that low calm but they don't and panic cool. and yep. they don't freak out yep. when you know the fit hits the shan they can you know be cool calm and collected and fight for your life when you can't right. and give you a shot and give you a chance so well, the uh, fact that, was that they were there inspiring. to get there that fi- that fast no, on the is. field you know and it, it happened inspiring. to be on that sideline too yeah and that was good stuff. It really was. I mean, that's and we've seen that in high school level. Uh, we've had to see it spring into action. Other, yep. other, 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 obviously, the college level too. And uh, it's pretty amazing. That's what they're there for. We take that presence for granted a lot of times. We, we should not. We do. Um, so God bless them. No, no question. doubt about it. Should inspire all of us. I took a CPR class like two years ago, like a first aid class, and I probably should try to take it every couple of years or so. Now, somebody um, that works in healthcare. I totally understand. Yeah, just to, just <laughs> yeah. in case. I mean, just in case yep. ever in that situation that I won't feel hope, helpless, that I'll be able to help out or at least coach somebody through it like our like our boy Pluckers yeah. that day exactly. when he performed the, 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 the amateur Heimlich maneuver on somebody and helped uh, save somebody's, you know, save somebody's life who was choking. No doubt. Uh, on the, Was it a Philly cheesesteak? It was steak? a Philly cheesesteak from Pluckers. come on, man. So, uh, man, so I, good, it makes you choke. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? No, but uh, it just, just shows you that you got to be grateful, got to be no thankful uh, for every day. You never know. Uh, like I said, it's 
we are fragile, frail creatures. We, are, we really all are playing, and those who are playing the, the game or are playing a violent game. Um, but uh, so shout out to the first responders. Thoughts and prayers to uh, Demar Hamlin and to his family and to the teams who have to deal with that, of course, too. Um, and everybody who had to process it, man, that's uh, it's pretty traumatic stuff to go through. Yeah. Um, so I think there are moms out there now who, you know, who are thinking about their kids playing football. I know that's a thing. My mom called me. Bro. <laughs> you should have heard the conversations that was going yeah. on in my house last night. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, ay, ay, ay. Yeah, my mom hit me up, and I was like, Mom, it's all right. Moment. I remember her pacing when I played because she couldn't watch the game. She would always say, "I need you to get up quick." Yeah, don't so, don't be the don't be the slow. Don't get be, up don't get up ground. slow because it. She said it gives me it hurts me. Like I, she's like, I think something's wrong. Yeah, I was like, really? She's like, yeah. oh yeah. Every time I see you dive through the air, go hit somebody, and then you get slow to get up. She said it's hard on mom. Yeah. I was like, I always remember that. I was like, damn. Yeah. She's like, yeah. Sometimes I got a pace. I can't watch it. Yeah, because you're not playing. Mom ain't watching the game. Mom yeah. don't give a damn about that score. She watching her baby. She watching her baby. And that's exactly what she doing. So I know yeah. how that goes, man. All right. Uh, we come back. We do out of Texans Tuesday. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. But, of course, uh, most of reflection uh, today about uh, DeMar Hamlin and his condition and also celebrating the life of Coach Gus. No doubt about you know, it. My man Harge talks about He'll give you some of his recruiting tales. No doubt. All right. There were stories <laughs> about how Go- Coach Gus uh, tried to get him and couldn't get Harge. Coach man. Gus couldn't get him. Coach he, Gus got everybody. He was close. All right. He was close. <laughs> we'll, <come back. laughs> we'll talk about that, Ed Moore, right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful night in the horn. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Alright, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 the Horn. Top of the charts Tuesday. Uh, we play jams. I reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Uh, and my man Patrick always doing a great job DJing a top of the charts Tuesday. Uh, usually, of course, my favorite musically themed day of the week. Uh, but today, a bit of a solemn day, of course. We are uh, celebrating uh, the life of a legendary uh, lifetime Longhorn, um, but also praying for the life of um, DeMar Hamlin as well. So uh, we'll get back to that DeMar Hamlin conversation because uh, it's a deep one um, and it's got a lot of different layers to it. Thanks for all your participation on the Specs text line. Uh, I know you guys are kind of processing the whole thing, too. Uh, we'll get to some of those texts. Um, but and, and speaking of Coach Gus, special uh, guest coming up, uh, legend, speaking of legendary Lifetime Longhorns, uh, Brooks Kieschnick is going to join us for Harsh Knock Life. Hard, you once again opening up uh, your, I'm not going to go that, you want your contact <laughs> My list. My contact list. Yeah, I was going to say Rolodex, list. but yeah. that's too old of a reference. People are like, what is he talking about? Yeah. Contact list uh, to get legendary lifetime uh, Longhorn Brooks Kishnick on to talk about uh, his experience with Coach Gus. Yeah, it was uh, one of those things where, you know, we've had him on before, but this is the proper time to have him on to talk about his life experiences and what Coach Gus taught him. And from a guy that wasn't, not, I'm not going to say heavily recruited because he was definitely heavily recruited, he wasn't drafted high coming out of high school. And then he came to the University of Texas and became the great. Lifetime Longhorn, legendary Hall of Honor mm-hmm. Longhorn Brooks Kieschnick, you know, won the won the Dick Hauser Award twice, um, twice, becoming, you know, getting his name on the wall <laughs> up in lights around here. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that with him. And then also just life after baseball, how Coach Gus kind of influenced him as well. Because you mm-hmm. heard all of the players talk about how he's influenced them away from baseball. Mm-hmm. Made things tough during baseball for you to be prepared for life after baseball and that's that's so so important yeah and that's why i said when i opened the show the one thing that people always ask me do you regret not playing at texas 
it wasn't necessarily because I, I played well. I had a lot of fun throughout my professional baseball career, but the one thing is those bonds, and you know it well because of your friends and the friends that you have made throughout your college career mm. are now still part of your life. Still tight with some of my, my professional friends. I'm even tighter with my high school friends, but those college friends are the ones mm. that saw you become a man, so to speak, and, and th- that's the one thing that I miss about not playing here at the university. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coach Gus. And playing for Coach <clears throat> Gus especially. Yeah. No, you know Coach Gus affected uh, so many different lives in so many <clears throat> different ways. And, of course, uh, you know, one of the greatest baseball coaches in the history of college baseball. Of yes, course, sir. Overall. But here at the Texas, <laughs> yes, he's got a, uh, a unique legacy, and we'll try to dive into that uh, later on today. So uh, we'll get into it more at the top of the 4 o'clock. Also, Harsh Knock Live, Brooks Kishnick going to join us as well. All right. Uh, Texans Tuesday. We won't get too much into the Texans because it's you know it's one of those days where uh, you know the Texans are not really a big huge topic of discussion. They did lose to the Jackson and brought to, brought to by good friends at Bud Light by the way Texans Tuesday. Um, they did um, lose to uh, Jacksonville. Got dominated by Jacksonville. Uh, so they're now two thirteen and one. Um, here's the question now for the the Texans because I think they have fully kind of locked themselves into the number one overall pick. It's theirs. After watching the bowl games, which we'll also get into later on mm-hmm. in the 5 o'clock um, and review the bowl games, watching Bryce Young just dissect K-State, 15 of 21, 321 yards, five touchdowns, um, and just, I mean, they beat K-State like they stole something, 45 to 20. Um, and then you have C.J. Stroud, who, <laughs> man, he lit up the best defense in the country, arguably, with Georgia. 22 of 34, 348 yards, four touchdowns. If you were, um, basically, if you were the GM of the Texans, all right, you and Nick Casario, which one of them quarterbacks you taking? And it's funny that you say that because I sent you and uh, Patrick the, the little gif of, the dude trying to figure out which button he's going to push. One had uh, Young on it. The other one had Stroud on it. Yeah. And he's sweating. He's sweating like crazy, <laughs> crazy trying to figure out which button he wanted to push to pick Ooh. that quarterback. And then I went and looked at what uh, John McClain, he was writing about what Young did during the game. And he was like, oh, he's he's the guy. And then right after that, he goes, well, hold up. <laughs> you look at what C.J. Stroud was able to do. And you're, to your point, the way he went up against that Georgia defense, mm. putting his team in position to get a win after everyone was crushing him yeah. about the performance against Michigan, which he really didn't perform that bad. And I was one of those guys, you went back and look at it, and you're like, man, he didn't do this, he didn't do that. But all those mistakes he made were late in the game. Yeah, He kept them in the game early. Defense kind of wore, wore down. But you sit here and you're like, who are you going to pick? You got to go with Bryce Young. Got to go to Bryce Young? You got to go to Bryce Young, I think. Hmm. Patrick? Yeah. yeah, I think it's Bryce Young. I, you I, you know, C.J. Stroud has the body, but Bryce Young is just so smart. He's so smart. Like, with it, he's a point guard, if you say, If Bryce Young, if you look at him and you – like this is what I was telling the people I was watching with. It was like if you take Bryce Young's brain and you put it in some of these other guys' bodies, like if you put Bryce Young's brain in Quinn Ewer's body – Texas is a national champion this year. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, just because he's that, like, he just no. is so no, good. I, and I think that the reason you drafted first overall, especially if you're a Texans team that doesn't know who your coach is and doesn't know your system, I think Bryce Young could probably play in a lot of systems. I think Bryce Young can do a lot of things and pick stuff up a little bit quicker. I think he'd be ready to play quicker than than some other guys. And C.J. Stroud, I think, can have a very successful career if you use him correctly. Hmm. Right. But I think it depends I, on where it's at because that's the other part of this. No matter who... Ghost one, they're still going to the Texans right now, and they're not in a good place. We think they are. We but we don't know who their we don't know who their head coach is going to be in right. two years. We don't know who their offensive coordinator is going to be. That's you can't. I, I don't. And now, if you want to draft C.J. Stroud and go, we're going to build around C.J. Stroud, so we're going to hire a coach that we think works well with him and do all that. I think that can work too. But I it, I know he's undersized, but. No, I'm, I, I actually almost see. I, 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 I like CJ Stroud, but I love Bryce Young. Right. That's how I feel. I like CJ Stroud. I really do. Um, so if they draft CJ Stroud as a Texans fan, I'm not going to be, be mad, though. Yeah. Um, but I love me some Bryce Young. I'm with you guys. I think I've seen basically Bryce Young's ability to improvise. Oof. 
uh, when the play breaks down. And he did it this a weekend again. He did. Yeah, he, he did, did, he did this it this weekend again. again. It is uncanny. Right. It is uncanny. And uh, CJ Stroud's got some of that, but Bryce Young, man, he drips it. It's, yes. He, it's all, it, it's his essence that he don't. And that it, smile it goes that to, he killing you with, it, it, too. Go, it goes back to what Patrick said about him working almost any system. I think he works in a lot of systems because he doesn't necessarily need a system. Like, yeah. it, it, when the play breaks down, yeah. you can argue. You can argue that's when he's at his best. Yeah, I agree with that. When he has to, I right? agree with that. when he has to kind of recalibrate. Oh, his ability to to, to scramble drill and to find players on the run. So right, and I know he's slight. He's slight, and that's the big issue is that he's slight and he's slender and he's a little guy. And most NFL head coaches and GMs they prefer size at the quarterback position. Um, I I I think he's got. The it quality. I think he oozes it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, if you look at Patrick Mahomes, when the quality that I think he has better than any NFL quarterback is the ability to extend a play with a pass. Whereas most guys can extend a play, but they're not, they can't keep their eyes downfield. Yeah. And Bryce Young has that where he can keep his eyes downfield while scrambling. And it's just, I mean, so I say it's like Patrick Mahomes can do that. That's the guy who can do that. And yeah. there isn't a really other NFL guy who goes, oh, no, no, he can scramble around for a minute and a half and then throw the ball. How about this yeah. section says, I disagree they should get the defense player from Georgia or Alabama and wait for the quarterback next season from Michigan or get the quarterback from Florida later on. I will say the quarterback class next year will be what Drake May and Caleb Williams will be in that group. Is Caleb Williams in the group next year? Uh, Drake Probably. May is still one more year after that, I thought. He's, he's not a red shirt. Oh, he's a red shirt freshman, right? I thought he was a true, but if he's red shirt, then yes. We'll have to look at yeah. that because I'm, yeah. I'm not 100% sure. He, as long as he's three years removed, I think that class could end up being Caleb Williams and Drake May. If that's the class, that that's not a bad argument that maybe you should wait. Yeah, but, and, uh, but then class, you have to QB. take again, and no, no, at really some it. point you, you're going to win have four games picks? or five games. Yeah. No, you, but if you win five games, you're the 10th pick. Right? No, I, yeah, I'm just, and that's where you're like, oh, well, now we lost out on all those again, and yeah. we're getting Davis Mills again. No, I'm with you. I think you dropped the quarterback. I, I, think I, think, just go I don't think it. Will Anderson is that type of talent. I, he was, and now he, he showed only last had year. He one tackle in the game the other day, too. He, he, he's, <laughs> he was not the transcendent talent this season. No, I'd go quarterback. I'd, I'd go quarterback. Every year I'm struggling, and I and if, if this if this fails, I'd go draft also another quarterback just, in two and look, years. And it may not work. <laughs> really right, right. That's, that's how I got to get it right. out. But you man, it out. how do you keep that fan base when you are not selling tickets and your people are leaving in droves? How are you going to sell them on? Hey, man, I, you know when you wanted Vince, we took Mario, and you know when you wanted like you know when every time you wanted a quarterback, we took a defensive lineman. We're going to do it again. Yeah, and hey, I would say this to the to, I to, to the Mario Texas was point. Good. The devil's advocate. They are building. I think they're right now. Their building blocks are pretty much more on defense. They do have their two tackles, which are two of the best young tackles uh, in the NFL. But Jalen Petrie and Derek Stingley on defense. You really have to already started kind of building that secondary. Now you got to start building the front. So that would be because Jalen Petrie. I mean, he had a hell of a season. Yes, he did. Six players since 1991 to record 135 plus tackles. He got 139. At least five interceptions. Um and uh yeah basically at least five and seven, as a rookie so it's as a rookie too by the way uh Rashad Jones did it in 2015 with Miami Donnie Edwards did it with San Diego in 04 Donnie Edwards Ray Lewis did it in 03 with Baltimore London Fletcher in 04 with San Diego and Levante David with Tampa Bay in 2013 dude's the real deal he ain't gonna win defensive player of the year a rookie sorry sorry defensive rookie of the year uh because that's gonna be Sauce Gardner. I mean, Sauce Gardner's just been. He freak. has been doing a little bit. Dude, you he's been just, she's a sh- he's a shutdown corner in an era where shutdown corners aren't supposed to exist. Uh, and then Jalen Petrie maybe should be in the voting for it, but uh, he's had a hell of a season 139 tackles, eight PBUs, one sack, five tackles for loss, five interceptions, and one quarterback hit so far. Monster. One, one game left to play. Monster. I mean, we talked about it when we first looked at him going into the league because we got a chance to see him he's up deal, close man. and personal. We thought he was going to do well. Did we expect him to have this type of impact? Not necessarily. We knew he was going to be on the field, but when we started hearing him in training camp and what he was doing there and how much Lovey Smith was falling in love with him, yeah, we kind of figured if Lovey's putting his name on you, then you must be doing something. Yeah, there. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Speaking of uh, Lovey, there are a lot of rumors now. The Texans do. My, they might want to upgrade that head coach again. 
even after a year with Lovey Smith and just a year with David Cully. And I could see it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I could see it. Because they shouldn't. The point is, they shouldn't have got rid of Cully. I agree no. with that. Cully was like, let, let me get that paper and I'll be up out yeah, your way. They should just let Cully <laughs> go for those two years. And then this year, they yes. should be hiring a new head coach. Yes. But they screwed up. So now they got to double down on the mistake. I get it. Um, but if they do, the rumor is Jim Harbaugh is going to be at the top of the list potentially. And, and, guess, get and guess who smiling. else? And uh, Sean Payton. Is Sean Payton. And the reason Sean Payton works is because they're asking, reportedly, for a first-round pick for Sean Payton's services because they, the Saints still got him under contract. The, the Texans actually are one of those teams that got multiple first-round picks. That's what I was just about to say. You're going to use one of those first-round picks. What? You're not using more than one. I, I love that people keep thinking that you can just get Sean Payton. I know. Sean Payton's going to the Chargers or the Cowboys. Yeah. He has said this for like a year now. Yeah. I don't get why everyone's like, well, he would probably wants to go to this bad team that's in a bad situation. Well, no, no. But he gets the number one pick years. and he gets to pick his quarterback, too. You get he to, does get to pick his do. quarterback, but I But I you got to make him re like, you, get him re-signed. So, in, no. so unless, San Diego, unless yeah. San Diego makes a run, he's in San Diego, right? No, no not, not, not San Diego. Uh, sorry, yeah, the Chargers. Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers. Los Angeles. Yeah. No, but I'm saying who are you asking? Sean Payton. If they don't make a run, if the Chargers don't make a you run. Think, you yes, think he goes there? Because he wants to go there, and they would automatically be Super Bowl contenders. He'd, but he'd have a quarterback in place. And Definitely got a quarterback he in place. He has that whole team in place. Yeah. That team is stacked. I mean, other than the Kansas City they, Chiefs. They just don't they have good coaches. Of, they got a lot of injuries. They got to pay, they they pay rent to the Chiefs who own that division. Yeah. And they have since yeah. since before. That's more like an Airbnb. They ain't letting people come they, in there. You gotta pay. <laughs> You're paying Airbnb. But I agree with that. I think that is a – and I don't say – it's gonna be hard to get that Cowboys job now. I don't think the Cowboys. No, I don't think they are. Yeah. Either. So I think Herbert. That's the that's the best choice for him right now. The Chargers. Yeah. I mean, it's just when yeah. you've heard him do interviews, he will always name like another team and the Chargers because he knows they're just really poorly run. They yeah. are. Like they should be a better team, and I get they're winning now down. But he wants Justin Herbert. He wants to build that team. I, I get it. Yeah, it, but yeah, I don't think he wants to go to a bad team. Well, no, you could trade because he could have stayed then, in the Saints. Like I said, the point is you have to get him to resign, and that's would be tough if you're the Texans. But maybe yeah. he wants to pick his own quarterback, and may, you got to hope he loves Bryce Young, and you got to think he believes Bryce Young is the next Drew Brees. If that's the yeah. case, maybe you got a shot. Other than that, I agree. Well, Patrick, also you got to fire Casario. Um, I, I'm, yeah. because, I'm telling you, he's getting he's cleaning house when he walks in. You, you he would have to give him personnel personnel yeah, control yeah. and Casario probably won't stand for that because Casario wants personnel control. Yeah, so that's like so. there's not a lot of places where you're going to let him in. Like the Broncos would, but he doesn't want to go to the Broncos because well, he doesn't want Russell Wilson. They don't have a first round pick. To they don't trade have a first round pick, and Vic Fangio is apparently the DC he wants to bring in, and Vic Fangio ain't going back to Denver. Yeah, and they can't. Yeah, and they can't trade for him. Yeah, they, they, the Saints already said, or at least the report is, they want a first, and I get it. That's a smart move. Right for the first so. Yeah. Because there are enough teams out there desperate for a good coach. Um, and maybe maybe it's the Chargers. Uh, all right, we'll come back. Uh, bless you. We'll come back. We'll get to the flex on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie. 1049 the Horn. Raindrops are falling on my head. And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed, nothing seems to fit. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, the, uh, the New Year edition, because Happy New Year to everybody out there. First show of the New Year, 2023, uh, and they top of the charts Tuesday, one of my favorite musically-themed days of the week. Uh, thanks to my man Patrick DJing a top of the charts Tuesday, and also time for our flex. So uh, first flex segment of the new year, my man uh, Snoop. Who Harge told me has now given himself a seasonal nickname. Oh yeah, since he flipped he to flipped. basketball now. So he's flipping the script. Oh, uh, my man is hoops. Hoops um, Daniel right now. Snoop. Yeah. Hoops Daniel. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm down with that. And it, you know what? No, he's official because it's actually when you look at the F- FLXATX.com website and you look at the like the content and some of the pieces. Yeah. He has it uh, when it says blog and it tries to give <laughs> give you who wrote the blog. Uh, it says Hoops Daniel. There it is. But That's hoops, hoops with a U. Yeah. 
H U P E S. Oh yeah, he's he's not playing around. He's not Who's for them games, dog. He gonna wow. let you know who's that's, writing it. That's why I like him because he, he's into the details, man. Yeah. He's all about the details. Yeah. Uh, on the Flex uh, website, uh, you do have speaking of hoops, uh, you got your Tuesday hoop schedule uh, for January third. Uh, so he's got the UIL District Six matchups up there as well, women and men. Uh, UIL District Five A matchups up there. So you can go check that out. Four A taps matchups. Uh, he also has and I think this is actually pretty cool uh, this is how you know Snoop in hoops sorry hoops is the man because <laughs> he has what he calls his stone barger awards hope I get this right maybe stone barger but his stone barger awards superlatives and district selections for his crew like his eye reporters yep and his you know the staff I mean they, they got so many of this uh so many people that he has under the uh, kind of the flex umbrella uh, with the eye reporters, but he's giving them all love. So he basically got he has MVPs and regional MVPs and newcomers mm-hmm. of the year, freshman MVPs, and these are all the eye reporters that have uh, done a really good job for him so far this season. So shout out to my man Stu for giving them uh, a shout out. So go check and, that out. And the award is named after his first ever eye reporter, Tasman Stonebarger. Oh, so, there you yep. go. That's how he came up with this award. He had his first one. Her name was Tasman. And now he is now honoring him for the 10th, 10th annual. What he's is, been doing this. What is Tamsin doing now? Stonebarger. I don't know. What's the, do we have an update? We got to find out from years Snoop later? Snoop. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. I like that. My man Snoop is always showing love. Uh, so go check that out. That's what the uh, the FLXATX.com website is all about. He's also got a ton of other con- uh, uh, great content up there for you. He's got the all super sophomore uh, selections for uh, 2022. He's doing some love there. Uh, also, uh, he's got some, uh, some mixtapes up there for you, too, for your entertainment. So there's always some great content on the Flex uh, website. Go check it out. FLXATX.com, FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. We'll and, be- and he gave out, he gave out, excuse me, he gave out some awards for the parental guidance superlatives as well. What is that? So all the parents, they got awards as well. If you were uh, honorable mention, you got a parental 6A co-MVP. <laughs> you got MVPs. You got coaches what? of the year. He's got everybody involved, man. He's just trying to hit on the single moms <laughs> out there. Hey, so you think you slick? He's trying to hit on the single moms. Trying to make a parental guide. He put it out there, now. He put it out there. How many single moms got some love on there? That's huh? a great point. I'm about to try to find oh, out. I guarantee you, most of those are single moms. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. <laughs> Shout out to the single moms out there. We'll, uh, we'll show some love to Coach <laughs> Gus. Celebrate his life and legacy right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful, not the horn.